0: Welcome to Thought Revolution. This is a show for leaders like you who want to learn how to lead and manage in a way that expands your impact and influence. My name is Chris Nebro and I am the founder of Impact Consultancy and I'm excited to share with you my biggest aha moments and thought-provoking concepts that are designed to free up your time, your team's capacity, and your ability to create impact in the world. Let's go. Hey, welcome everybody. Today, we are going to continue this kick of talking about managing teams, managing culture, and... Uh, for today I'm focused heavily on managing change and specifically when you're managing big change like those big projects and I'm going to leave it really vague when I say big because big is going to be relevant to you but I really want to walk through some really concrete things that you can be thinking about and implementing and of course I'll provide some downloads with this as well that you can get from my show notes or from my website that are going to help you begin to frame the change because there's just a I think there's um, a lack of understanding about change to begin with. So we're going to start this podcast with that. Then there's a lack of um, skill set around how to begin to move people through change. And there's this massive paradox because we understand that whenever there's a, a pretty big change um, in effect, it can take up to five years for old behaviors to begin to exit the team or the organization and new behaviors to move. And I, I want five years I, and I really want folks to understand, like especially for bigger changes, how big this is. And if you take a look at this, like if you think about, you know, one line trending down and one line trending up, that really means that almost for like the first year, there are more likely to be old behaviors in place than new behaviors. Like it, it, it takes that long, and then in the second year it starts to trend up, and probably in your third year is when you're really going to see the change. And I mean. Big changes, like we are now adopting, you know, an electronic way of doing X. We are now adopting a brand new way of delivering customer service. We are now adopting brand new safety behaviors. We are now adopting um, a, a brand new mindset and way of um, addressing innovation and continuous improvement. We are now adopting a brand new way of rolling out um, and executing on our goals. Like it just takes time, and so you're going to see some shift, but it's a big deal. And when I say change, I'm talking about managed change. There's a distinction here because there's change and change is really different than transition. And so I say change management, but I'm going to create a distinction today because change in my mind is about like changing the spark plugs in your car, right? Like there's just a technical, we had an old spark plug and now we have a new spark plug. It's really technical transition. On the other hand, which is a big part of what people call change management is really moving from one phase of life to another. It's the human transition in the change that you're experiencing, and so we call those transitions. We make a we make that distinction when we talk about uh, managing change because there's kind of three parts to it. There is an ending. There is a letting go. Guess what, everybody? There is a brand new system coming. There's a brand new way of doing things. Okay. There's a letting go. Then there's this neutral zone. Then it almost never gets talked about. The neutral zone is this uncertainty. This doubt this reorientation to how it's going to be brand new this is the moment where you know there's an overlap between hey everybody something new is coming and then there's this big x factor and then it's implemented and still an x factor and the third pace is is new beginnings and that's the growth and activity we are now doing it this way And so it's not so much that we end up being afraid of change or that we're so in love with the old ways of doing things, which is why it's so hard to move teams and people. It's just that place in between that so many of us fear. It's like being, it's like being between trapezes. Just imagine that, like that. You don't know. Am I going to make it? Am I not? Even if you've done it a million times, there's a trust that's there. It's kind of like from, you know, the Peanuts gang. It's like Linus when his blanket is in the dryer, right? Like there's just nothing to hold on to. And so what we need is an understanding of what happens and then a process to move us through the neutral zone as quickly and as smoothly as possible. But we have to understand that there is such a thing. As a neutral zone. So, you know, having clarity around where you're headed um, is really important. And having clarity that people go through this is super important. And that's the starting point. And so we just need to like acknowledge some things about change to begin with. And one is we need to acknowledge that change takes time and perseverance. I can just think that's the number one thing to understand. And people kind of get that in their head, but then they get pissed off, especially leaders, when they're like, why isn't anybody coming along? You know, because it's going to take time. I talked about uh, an engagement and innovation curve in my very last podcast. And you can go ahead and reference it and download it. And that's going to help you understand the speed at which some people on your team are going to move through it. But nonetheless, even like the most um, ardent early adopter, it's going to take time right? It's going to require repetition, 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 repetition of the new ways of doing things because folks are so used to the old ways of doing things, even if it created pain for them because they understood it. There was some level of comfort, mastery, or knowing about it that was there. It's going to require a whole bunch of small acts or symbols of coaching and celebration. And easy to say, you got to build in the routine to be able to do it, it's going to require understanding that people are going to experience pain and they're going to need some training. So you're going to have to acknowledge that, you know what, people are just going to go through pain. That is part of it. Anyone who's raised a kiddo knows that, you know, you might be teaching them something, but you're going to go through it to get there. There's, there's no like, hey, you need to say please and thank you. And then they get it the next day. There is, um, you know, when you ask somebody, I, I remember having a chart in my household. And when we asked my son, Wilson, um, you know, to follow a direction, if he could follow a direction three out of 10 times in, you know, one hour, that was awesome, you know, and that was our chart. And we did that a couple times a day. And then, you know, over six months, we could see if we can get that up to five out of 10 times and, and so on and so forth. Like you have to understand the context that you're managing in, um, whether you're managing a human as a parent, or you're managing a high functioning team, you, they're, they're going through change. Um, and and you got to understand that, you know, even though there's a plan. The concepts, the change isn't always well understood by you or the leadership. Like You're just not going to understand everything. So that's going to create some turbulence for you. It's going to create more pain for other people. Just know you're going to go through it and just be ready for it. Like the more you know it, the more you know that you can begin to even just like verbalize out loud, which we'll talk about. Like just you know what, this is what we know and this is what we don't know. This is where I'm doing my best. This is where we're flying blind. This is why we're flying blind, right? Like just not because we're idiots, but there are unintended consequences Um, because managing changes, there's no known roadmap for some of the change that you're going through um and just making sure that you're anchored on where you're trying to get to and the difference that you're trying to make and and doing your best to you know get to those results are really important. So, I just wanted to open the podcast by just saying we're talking about change. There's a distinction here. Change is about like the technical change. We're going to now switch from, you know, doing it on pen and paper to using Excel. We're changing the spark plug. I'm changing the light bulb. That's easy. Um, Transition is the the movement that a human being experiences from one phase of life to another. And when you're changing a light bulb, there isn't a lot of um, human transition going on, okay? Unless they've never had a light bulb before. There isn't a lot of transition. So it's those bigger transitions where people are gonna experience one phase ending and a new one beginning. Those are the ones that I'm talking about and those are the ones that I'm gonna give you some thinking about how to get going on today. So one of the first things That we want to do, obviously, in addition to understanding where we're headed, like what the business case is, what's the gap, right, the quantifiable gap, but then quickly shifting and I'm sorry, and what's the vision for why, you know, what life will be like when we get there. But the next thing you want to begin to to begin to frame when you're managing transitions, because you're not just managing the change like, hey, we need to improve on our ability to achieve goals. We need to improve on our ability to have transparency, all those kind of things. What is the actual change that people are going to go through? That's the speed that you need to be able to work on in this century. It's been the same thing for the end of last century, but that's the name of the game here. And the biggest thing that your starting point is anchored in is your ability to create shared sense of urgency. Okay shared urgency. So what do I mean by shared urgency? I mean, you need to begin to define the importance of the change and why it matters now. Okay, You need to begin to establish what happens if you do not make this change now. What happens if you go along the same path? You need to really unearth the pains that people are experiencing or the pains that they're going to. Um, And you need to really generate the energy needed for the change initiative to be launched. Because when you just Launch a change, then you're really denying that there is a phase that's going to be ending for people's life. This isn't changing light bulb, this isn't changing spark plug. You are literally going to be messing with how people are used to doing things, and that is okay. But that requires then that you establish the urgency because it's going to help you when you begin to move through that neutral zone, that unknown period of time where people aren't quite sure what's going to happen next. So, we need to be asking ourselves how well. Have we been able to establish why this matters now? Um, why this is such an important thing? Because what that's going to begin to do for you is it's going to begin to help you understand for those who are going to experience the change what are their what are their fears, real or not real? I don't really care if they're not real. You want to know what they are, and the more important question that is going to begin to help you answer that almost no one does well, even those who experience a change. It, it's it's because it's just hard. Is um, what is it that people potentially stand to lose in the change, real or perceived, right? They might stand to lose mastery. They might stand to lose comfort. They might stand to, uh, uh, you know, of knowing how to do, they might stand to lose, um, you know, the you know, the, uh, ability to work with somebody. They might stand to lose a way of doing things. They might like, stand to lose, um, the speed at which they get things done. They might stand to lose, um, just a sense of like being able to count on, you know, a certain thing happening. They might have a workaround for how awful things are and now they can't count on that. They might be able to count on not being, um, having their work visible for whatever reason. They might, you know, have, stand to lose slacking, what, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be bad. Um, but they stand to lose it. They might, and it might be perceived like, "Oh, well, I'm worried that you know our uh, our ability to be trusted is going to be diminished. I'm worried that our ability to communicate effectively is going to be diminished." It, it might not be real, but you want to pay attention to it because that is where you begin to frame communication. You frame changing. Uh, I'm sorry. You frame communication. You frame training, and you are going to also frame um, the the kinds of um, Changes, they're going to support their ability to believe the kind of evidence that you need to create really quickly to have them feel confident in the change, right? So those are the things that are going to be really important. So there are three distinct actions and drivers that I'm going to describe here. And then I'm going to get into a couple tools to begin to do this because I want to give you as a manager the tools to be able to engage in this. The first action and driver to begin to create the urgency for the change. Now, this is supporting. You've got like, you know what? We need a brand new IT system. And here's the targets. Here's the ROI it's going to bring us. okay? here's the vision. But now you're beginning to create. This is adding to your business case. This is the whole purpose of this is to begin to help your group um, with the transition. So the first driver is facts and data. Okay, you want to generate external or internal data to really induce the change. So reports, surveys, benchmarks. Okay, that's the first thing. And oftentimes people have that. And the reason you want that is because you're creating shared recognition by both the team and the key players that there is a need and logic for the change that's critical to your organization over time. Okay, but that's not enough. Some people start and end there. They're like, well, we got the numbers and the numbers say this, you know. But that's not enough so you know i don't know how many times people step on the rake and it smacks them in the face later because the second thing that you have to do this is the second driver is show and demonstrate okay you've got to show and demonstrate a, so what that looks like is take people on a best practice site visit show them you're creating the evidence you're not talking about and trying to you know create buy-in you're showing them with evidence what difference it makes you want personal examples Think about you know salespeople who are giving you testimonials like this is what you're doing. So show and demonstrate. It acknowledges um, and begins to uh, speak to a different group of people because different people absorb um, information differently. So you're establishing that the need for change is greater than the resistance to change. Okay, you're also surfacing resistance in the process of getting facts and data and showing people. Listen, like it's okay if like you know disappointed Derek comes on the trip and he's like, well, this is great for them, but we're snowflakes and we're different. And this is how it is for us. Don't be like, shut up, Derek. Like that's not what you want to do. You want to be like, thank you, Derek. Cause everything comes out of Derek's mouth is gold at this point in time. Cause Derek isn't killing your project just yet, right? Unless Derek's the CEO, right? Well then your project's dead to begin with, but Derek is giving you a gift. I want you to remember that. Don't get pissed off at Derek. Sorry, Derek, whoever you are out there. Derek is giving you a gift, and he's giving you the gift of internalized fears that people have. And that internalized fear, whether it's real or whether it's founded or unfounded, is going to help you frame your communication, um, frame your training, and frame your early wins, okay? Because you're surfacing the resistance or the, or the apathy, or the apathy, okay, which is even stronger sometimes to, to resistance. So it can be addressed head on. So you bring Derek on that trip. You expect Derek to vomit his disappointment and you suck it up and, and just say, awesome. What else, what else are you worried about, Derek? Um, and you don't want to send Derek back saying, you know what, Derek, right. this is a bomb. Um, but you want to be able to say thank you, Derek, for your courage. To begin to share with us why this might be hard this is really helping us begin to think about how we're going to communicate the training that's needed um and the kind of early wins and you can even ask Derek so tell us what kinds of things do you think is going to be really important for us when we engage in this change that's going to engage Derek. okay that's why it's important so facts and data first driver show and demonstrate second driver last driver command and tell yeah i said it i said the c word command that's right because this speaks to people and you're going to have to make sure that this is a piece of it. This isn't yeah, we're thinking about trying, you know, to, you know, switch over to a brand new data system like no, we're switching to a brand new data system. Let me give you the facts around it. Let me show you the difference it's going to make. And you know what? This is a direction that we're moving in because we understand that this is where the industry is headed or this is where we need to head to be able to compete, right? And so you're beginning to show people the new level of performance that's required for you to be able to stay in business, to grow, to acquire funding, to acquire customers, whatever that is. And so this is really launching and sustaining the momentum by creating these three clear cases for change. And I'll tell you what, the biggest mistakes that leaders make is they only do one of those, or maybe they do two, and they don't really build the team consensus consensus on the need for change. They don't surface the resistance or apathy. Um, There's an assumption that it's obvious, and this is just what we need to do, and people just don't get it, right? They just don't get it. Um, Well, no, they don't. Of course they don't because they haven't been brought along in the same process that you have and they don't have the same level of forward thinking because you're leading the project that they do. Um, so it's going to take them longer to adopt it and your job, is to, your job is not to get them to adopt the change right away. Your job is to understand what is getting in their way of adopting it because you want to make that adoption something that works for them. Okay? You're a servant leader. That's the difference. Um, you're keeping things um you you keeping things at high level doesn't really help i'll be honest with you your job is to really get down to understanding what's in it for them right that's what's important right that's really important um and so downplaying resistance does not help you learning all the resistance helps you now people tell some people are like i don't want to start opening up like you know a therapy session that's not the point you always open up, and that's why we have those four questions. Tell me everything that you're scared about. Tell me everything that you're worried about as a pain. Tell me what kind of impact that might create. Beautiful. Tell me how you think things should be rolled out. Tell, tell me what kind of training should be in place. Tell me what kind of early wins would help us understand if we're right on track. Great. If those things were on track, you know, what difference could this make for your work? Those four questions I've talked about over and over and over again. Pain, impact, future, and the difference, right? That's your job that is your job because we're moving people through a transition. They just don't know it and they don't know how to deal with it. And quite frankly, that's okay. We can do all the work we want on building resilience in the workplace, building people's ability to adopt change. But at the end of the day, your job is to move them through a process. And I'm beginning to describe that process for you. And one of the first things is understanding that people have a process that they engage in. And second, that you have certain sets of things that you do. So those three drivers are really important. Okay. So now let's get into like, What kind of tool can you use to begin to initiate those drivers? And the first tool I want to introduce to you is just called the threat versus opportunity matrix. Let's just call it something neat like Tom. (laughs) <laughs> I like that. I like giving things names by the way. I don't know why. I, I I think it's because whenever I'm with a group and I'm like, "Tell me about the the process. What what do you call this process?" and they don't have a name for it cuz they just do it. And I'm like, well, "We got to give it a name cuz then we can name it and then we can see it and then we can begin to analyze it and improve it." All right? Um Tell me about the culture you have here. What's the culture like? What, what would you call it? Um, and they don't have a name for it, you know? And I'm like, well, let's give it a name because then you can name it and talk about how people would live it, right? It's just kind of like my kiddo's name is Wilson and now I can tell you more about how I want Wilson to be as he grows up and I can tell you what he's like now. Um, there's something really powerful that human beings can do around naming. So threat versus opportunity matrix. You don't have to call it the Tom. That's kind of silly, but um, that's where I'm coming from on that. And here's what it is. So what it is, and this is the download, so feel free to go to the show notes. Um, it should link you to my website and you could download this. It frames the need for change as some combination of threat, which I would talk about as really the consequence of doing nothing. That's a threat. And opportunity, so the potential gains of doing something. And this is over the short term, so maybe zero to six months, depending on your change. And over the long term, which is maybe more six months to two years. And what it looks like is a four-square, okay? So it's four squares and in the top left, the threat of doing nothing and short-term, right? On the top right would be the opportunity, you know, in in, in the short-term. And on the bottom, the threat of doing nothing long-term, okay? And the opportunity of doing something long-term. And so you've got these four squares. The top two are both short-terms, the threat of doing nothing and the opportunity. The bottom two squares are long-term, the threat of doing nothing and opportunity. And what it gives you as a leadership team is the opportunity to begin to establish the need for change from short-term reactive perspective. So what is reactive about the, the threat of doing nothing or the short-term opportunity? And the long-term or proactive perspectives of really doing nothing because sometimes that is the right thing to do and um, the potential opportunity over time. And so what I have people do is identify four or five elements for each square in the matrix. Okay? So what are four things that, um, you know, are important for us to understand in the short term here in the next six months if we don't do anything, right? And maybe you find out that, you know, in the short term, you know, what is important for us to understand is that uh, we'd be able to finish up our final initiative and we'd be able to, you know, prep people for something that's next. We might find out, though, that the threat of doing nothing is that our competitors are already beginning to get going on this or um, that, you know, some of our partners are – going to be moving faster than us and going to have better opportunity for funding, whatever that looks like. Um, It might be that if we get going in the short term, that um, even if we uh, don't make any movement just yet, we have a better understanding and having our people ready for what's next or we can begin to think about our next hires. I'm just making all that up. So four to five elements for each one. The next thing that you do is you prioritize the top five to seven reasons for change overall. Okay, making sure that there's a balanced case drawing on all four quadrants. So now think about this: all single one of every single one of these four squares have four to five um, elements as to you know if you did nothing in the short term, if you did something in the short term, if you did nothing in the long term, if you did something in the long term. So now you've got like you know let's say you have five things in each box. That's twenty items. Now you really start to prioritize. What are the top five to seven reasons for the change overall? making sure that you're balancing, you know, one thing out of each one of those boxes. And what I think is really important about that is, you know, when you're really like a best in class company, you're searching for the opportunity and change and considering both the long and short term impacts, which includes doing nothing because sometimes doing nothing shows you why you should do something. Because sometimes doing nothing means that you're losing uh, money, you're losing potential for money, you're losing people, you're losing retention, whatever that is. So the threat and opportunity matrix begins to show you that and it begins to frame, um, we'll talk about how you use it, but again, it it visualizes the, the... the threats of doing nothing and the opportunity and it helps you begin to visualize like why you want to take some movement and it'll begin to help you both frame your communication plan like how you're going to begin to talk about this and frame like who you might bring along as well so that's one tool the second tool i usually have my leaders engage in is what i call the fast tool f-a-s-t and that is an acronym and the first one the fa stands for facts and data so I, I, I basically have them start with, okay, facts and data. And then I say, great, what are the internal sources of data that we have? What are the competitive informational pieces of data that we need? What are the benchmarking data that we need to get? Um, whatever makes sense. What's the facts and data that makes sense as to why we would engage in this change? What do the facts and data tell us if we do nothing? And what are the facts and data that tell us if we make this move? Okay, so that's the first thing. And I want examples and I want actions. Okay. So that's what I'm looking for. So this tool begins to build a strategy for communicating the need for change through facts. The S is show and tell, show and demonstrate, um, show and demonstrate, sorry. And the T, F-A-S-T is tell. Remember how I talked about those three drivers? This is beginning to visualize those three drivers. Okay. The answers, it answers the response to prove it, prove we need change. So the first one that the, the threat and opportunity helps you begin to frame like like the, it's not really the pros and cons, but like the, the need for for moving change, this one begins to actually be, um, quantify, you know, why you would change. And it makes the sense of shared urgency more concrete and objective, which I think is really important. So I have them do facts and data. The second thing I do is I have you begin to visualize through examples and actions why, what you should be showing and demonstrating so what should we be doing by leading by example what kind of best practice site visits do we need to go on what kind of testimonials do we need to bring in that are similar to our situations that speak um whether they're testimonials of people who haven't done any changes and are kind of living the potential risk that we are or people who have engaged in the change that uh, you know are um, in the same roles that we are that are experiencing something different right so that is show and demonstrate the third So the F-A is facts and data, S is show and demonstrate, and then T, which is the last part of your FAST tool, is tell and demand. So um, I have people give examples of, um, you know, might be like compliance regulations, it might be regulatory um, issues, it might be um, customer feedback, Um, it might be, you know... um, pieces of our strategic goals or whatever that is so whatever the examples are that drive the kind of the command and tell as to like why this matters Um, this is the data that we got from our market share or this is the data that we got um, this is the tell part it's a little bit of facts and data but this is the this is why we have to do this because you know the funding pool is shrinking Um, whatever that is so I have three or four examples for each one of those rows Um, And I make sure that people get that data. And so we use these two together. We use the Threat and Opportunity Matrix and the FAST tool. And we combine those two to begin to frame our communication plan, to begin to frame who do we need to focus on, what is it that they need to hear, what examples do we have to share because now we're beginning to gauge the hearts and minds, the hearts and minds of people who are going to experience the ending of one phase of doing things and the beginning of something different, okay? So we're creating shared urgency for the change because it's coming and we don't want people to feel like, oh, I don't didn't know we were doing this. I don't want people to experience, oh, this is the flavor of the month. We want people to experience Hey, this is happening. This is why it's happening. Um, this is the reason why it matters now. And we want that to allow for some of the resistance or apathy to surface. So then we can wrap our arms around it and do something about it. Got it? So that's really the the importance of creating this shared urgency is giving you a chance to begin to see This is this is interesting. We're not doing this so that everyone's like, oh, I get it. I totally get it. Yes, we should totally do electronic records. Yes, we should totally begin to roll out our goals a different way. Oh, we totally need a new customer service, you know, um, program. That's not why you're doing this and that's not what's going to happen. You know, it's probably like two or three people. You know, early adopter Annie is probably going to say that and that's awesome. And you're going to think Annie's great. No, no. The reason you're doing this is because the majority of people are going to have either some kind of silence apathy or they're going to have some kind of vocal resistance and you want to hear it and you want to know that that's going to happen and you want to thank them for their contribution to have the courage to share either that apathy or that resistance because that is going to begin to show you what you need to begin to communicate differently to allow for the change to happen. It's going to show you what kind of training is going to be really important to make the, tra- the, the change effective and what kind of early wins you need to be focusing on to begin to really engage um, the transition for people uh, on this journey of change. That's why you do a shared urgency. Okay, That's the reason. It's not to you know get people to be like, we're doing this change. Do you get it? Now shut up. No. The reason is to make sure that people really understand that now – Now we're on a journey and I'm going to lead you through that journey and I need to understand from you what's going to make that change be successful, right? And let the doors open up and giddy up, get ready to be able to be a servant leader and take the contributions in whatever form, whatever way it's going to sound like, let it come. Okay? That's what it's there for. Cool. All right. That's my thought revolution for this week. I hope that that doesn't freak you out, but I hope it gives you an understanding about what happens with change. I hope it gives you a tool to begin to engage with that change, and I hope it begins to reorient you to begin to create the kind of revolution where you're making more of a difference than just making things work um, in your workplace because I know that's why you show up every day is to move, to move something new in the world. So with that, I'm Chris am the founder of Impact Consultancy. It's been a joy to be able to talk about you And talk about this and talk about change and talk about the kind of difference you're going to make. Can't wait to hear from you. Send me any questions you got. Please, please download um, the tools that I provided and see if they make a difference for you. And I'll catch up with you guys next week.